We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Seahawks Man to Man Podcast, powered by The Athletic. <laughs> Shout out to the company. My name is Michael Sean Dugar. I'm here with my co-host, Christopher Kidd. Make sure you follow us both up on the Tweet Machine. You guys know where to follow me. I'm verified. Just look for the brother, Dreads, Blue Check. You know how that goes. Chris, talk to him. What is up, everybody? It's your boy, Christopher Kidd. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at CKIDD206, and that's CKID206. Special guest with us on the Seahawks Man to Man Podcast this week. We have 2019 first round draft pick of the Seattle Seahawks. We have defensive lineman LJ Collier on the line. LJ, what is up, man? How you doing? What's up, y'all? Man, I appreciate y'all for having me on today, man. I'm just chilling, man. What y'all up to today? Oh, you, you know, you know we relaxing too, man. We enjoying the offseason uh, a little bit. You know, I'm personally tired of talking about Russ, uh, <laughs> you know, after we dropped that story in Price. Sure, you got asked about it too, all the all the stuff with Russ and the, and the team trade stuff. We ain't even going to get into that, though. We're going to focus on LJ uh, today. Uh, where, where are you talking to us from, man? You back in Texas? Oh, yeah, I'm at my house in uh, Frisco in the colony, yeah. Hopefully you staying safe out there, man. Uh, between the weather and the governor just said, "Hey, nobody wear the mask no more, man." Please hope. Please tell us you staying safe out there. Oh uh, yeah, man. Look, the weather's back to like it's, Texas is crazy, man. Like it was snowing last week and now it's sunny outside, man. Yeah, I'm still wearing my mask. Man. I don't know what uh, Governor Abbott got going on, but hey, he can do what he got to do, and I'm gonna do what I got to do. There we go. Please listen to please listen to LJ y'all in Texas, man. Please wear your mask. Yeah, Governor Abbott's out there, out there tripping. But stay in Texas real quick, man. I want I want you to tell us a little bit about Monday, Texas, man. Where you're where you're from and how growing up in that small town kind of shaped the man you are today. And Monday's uh, it's a small place. Man. It was a good place to grow up. You know, growing up in small towns, I felt like you know you could do a lot. I grew up with a lot of my cousins and stuff like that. My cousin. Rod and my cousin Cuckle and uh, a couple of other people, you know, and we were all just pretty close and things like that. And it was a real small. I grew up with a lot of people, man. A lot of kids I grew up with. I played with them all throughout high school, elementary, middle school, you know, things like that, man. You know, from like my friends in the city, they don't get to do stuff I did not Monday. So it's a it's a good place to grow up. But past once you graduate from high school and things like that, ain't really much out there for you. 
But as far as like growing up, the football aspects, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you see Friday Night Lights movies, kind of like and some stuff like that on Friday nights, man, the town shut down. And when I was in high school, we had to be pretty good. So it was growing up. It was a good feeling, man. You know, it was good for me growing up with my parents and my family and just being from Monday. But I was ready to get out of that small town by the time I went to college. But it's always good to go back and visit things like that. You know, it's always home and it's always good to get away from the city and just go back to your roots and stuff like that. And I want to I want to fast forward to when you got or not fast forward rewind a little bit when you got when you got drafted a couple of months later you hurt your ankle uh, I remember that I remember the practice I remember the day um, John Pete Carroll and John Schneider were actually really concerned they told us later like man we thought we were gonna lose him you know for the year you know that day that that happened when you got hurt like were you fearing for the worst as well at that point I mean I honestly thought I broke my ankle man mm-hmm. but you know they said it was just a it was a really weird injury and things like that, man. Just that whole year, man, just I came in. I wasn't in the best shape. And then I got hurt. So I was just playing catch-up the entire time while I was dealing with a serious, weird injury. So that just whole year as a whole just wasn't really good for me. And that injury was weird, man. And so it was just a struggle of a year. But I also learned a lot of lessons. And it taught me things. That's like I kind of needed that year, man. It humbled me a lot, man. It told me that the league is real and it's raw. And like, man, you got to be in your game. You got to come every day. You got to be in your your A game every day, not just some days, every day. Man, it's the best of the best, literally. So if anybody thinks it's a game or anything like that, so I really, you got to respect it, and you really got to work on your craft, and you really got to come to work every day, and take it serious, you know. Yeah, you mentioned the lessons you learned. Can you actually share with us what you learned during that time? Man, it taught me how to be a pro, man. Like in college and things like that. You know, you're coming in. You know, you're doing your workouts with the team and things like that. I had to figure out a good workout plan, things like that, getting in better shape, eating right, and things like that. And with it, you know, I'm still figuring things out. But kind of like after that year, the next off season, I got better with my weight and working out and figuring out a better plan and things like that. So film study, management, things like that, man, and really working on my craft and knowing how I got to be on my things, my plays and my keys and things like that, And which I had no problem with those things my rookie year. It was just really just the – the ankle is on top of having to play catch up and everything like that. And now I missed all of camp. Like, you know, you go from not being in pads for three weeks to you're in pads and then you play against the Steelers that week. Yeah, which and is what, like the best, like one of the best O-lines in the league that year too. I'm trying to tell you, man. So really it's just nailed the learning lesson I needed that. And I took a lot from it. And I, I brought in my second year coming in. I don't care what anybody outside has to say, honestly, man. Because people are going to say stuff about you, whether you're doing good, whether you're doing bad, man. That's what you take from that. You know, everybody was just seeing the first-round pick stuff, man, and I wasn't really worried about that. I'm not to prove that, man. I can play football, and I'm good, and I can play in this league for a long time. And I started every game last year. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can prove that. And, like, man, some days were, some games were up and some were down. My whole thing going into year three is being consistent, making those plays I missed out there, man. I left a lot of plays out there that if I made those plays, man, I'm up there top, top in the league. Man. I'd have seven or eight sacks. I left some shit so many out there in the first six games. And, man, that's why I just said, if I finish those plays and make the plays I'm supposed to make, and that's, that's just for learning and being in those positions. I already know I learned those lessons this year. I played in a lot of big games last year. Every game we played in was almost down to the wire. Yeah. I was in those games. <laughs> and, you know, so it's just taking those lessons and learning. Man, it's just playing football, you know, what you learn from it. The game will slow down and things like that. And so I know year three is going to be big a big year for me. I'm locked in. I'm focused. I know what I need to do. 
I, I want to go back to your rookie, your rookie year a little bit because yeah, it was it was a lot. It was a lot said, a lot written, um, just a, a lot of thoughts, just opinions about you know, like you said, the first round pick, the status that 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 comes with, and then you had a, f- a few games where you were a healthy healthy scratch, you know, inactive in the in the playoffs, specifically in those big games. Want to go to the playoffs that year, your rookie year? Did what? How did that motivate you? You know, not being able to participate in the really big games of your first year in the league. Man, I felt sick, fam. I felt like I felt useless. I felt like empty at times because, you know, it was hard, man. I came out, I wanted to prove things, you know, just like that I could play. And, you know, there were people who had a lot of hype around me. And, you know, people, if Seattle took a chance on me taking me in the first round because people were like, what? They couldn't believe it. And I was about to prove people wrong then, man. But I told you my approach on everything. It wasn't that I got satisfied, man. I just took the wrong approach about my training and everything I did. So I, and the next year, I revamped my training. I did a lot different. I worked a lot harder and I had different results. So now I need to know what I need to do. My pass rush needs a lot of work. My hands my quickness, everything like that. So that's pretty much what I've got from year, year one. You know what I'm saying? You can't listen to what the outside noise goes, man. And not being able to take the Packers, not being able to help my team. I'm sitting over there. I'm like, man, what, what am I doing here? You're not going to you're not gonna help the team, then why are you here? They brought me in to do a job. They paid me money to do a job. My job is to help this team win games. How can I help us win a Super Bowl? That's what I want to do, man. That's what – I got my individual accolades, and I want to win too, man. I, I'm fortunate enough to be on a very great team with great people. Russ, Bobby, those guys, man, like not, not a lot of people get this opportunity. So while I'm still there for the time being, man, I'm going to make the most of it. I'm trying to get a Pro Bowl and a Super Bowl out of you know, my time there, man, you know. If that's not, I'm a firm believer that God blesses those who work. And if you work for it, you get good results. Mm. You know what I'm saying? There was a, last offseason a lot of discussion about the pass rush not being good or being bad flat out and how the unit needed to bolster their defensive line by adding Jadavian Clowney. Did you guys take it personally, and how did you react to that? And what fire did it grow inside of you to go out there and show everyone that, nah, we're actually a really good defense. We just got to figure things out, put our heads down, and go pass rush? It's about figuring each other out in the room, man, and rushing with each other, man. We had a lot of talented dudes in the room. We proved that we had guys, a lot of guys had a lot of sacks this year, man. It wasn't just me. It wasn't just, you know, Rasheen. We had Alton, Jay Reed. Carlos, Puna, you know, guys of that, Benson. And then imagine if we still had Bruce, too, man. We had a lot of talented guys in those rooms. And Bruce put it out there in the beginning, even before he got hurt. And while he was hurt, he was a big leader in the room. But, hey, man, go out here and eat, man. You know what they're saying. They don't respect us. They don't think we can rush. And so, man, week by week, we got better and better, man. Because it's just like, man, you put your head down, you grind. You don't listen to the outside noise, man. You listen to what's in the building, and you work. That's what I did. Man. I ain't worried about what nobody got to say, because, man, let's just talk. And people just talk to get a rise out of you and want to get a story. So I have nothing to say to those people, man. I'm going to do me. I'm going to play hard, man. Play hard as hell, man. Trying to help my team win and be the best the best version of me I can be. I'm, I'm going to set the scene here for everybody listening. It's week two, 2020, Sunday night football. The game is on the line. There's no crowd, but it, it was so damn loud in my mind. It felt like <laughs> there was a crowd. Goal line stand. LJ Collier takes down Cam Newton to win the game on national television, man. What did that play do for your confidence, if anything at all? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Man, fam, it, like, it boosts me on another level. Fam. I finally done that. I helped the team somehow, man. Like, I finally made one of those plays where I stood out and I showed up. That's really just what it was, man. I showed up and I was happy to be able to actually do something for once rather than just being out there, being a body out there, man. So, man, look, I was really excited about that play, man. But like I said, I tried to look, you know, as soon as I was over, next day, next play. But, man, that was a really exciting feeling, man, you know, to, to help my team win on a big Sunday night game, man. Hey, it's unbelievable, man. It's one of those things I remember forever, man. I ain't going to lie. What would you what would you say reignited the pass rush? Was it that important meeting that the defense had because the first half of the season the defense it just wasn't looking good, things were not happening. You guys weren't getting to the quarterback. What happened? What changed with that defense and the mindset that allowed you guys to become a middle of the pack defense where you were mentioned as one of the best in the second half of the NFL season? Man, it's just about hey your your pride. It's just your pride and what you want to do and everything like that. And we talked about it in the room. And things of, of that matter, man, it's just about your pride and what you want to do with everything, man. And we took that personal. Man. I know I did know if you guys like, man, we're going to sit there, we're going to take this, or we're going to ball. It's that simple. You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. Take us behind the scenes there. How important are guys like Bobby Wagner and KJ Wright, you know, and other veterans in there, you know, and making sure that you guys just got it from a mental standpoint? Because I imagine there wasn't much scheme change in the second half. Like you said, this guy decided, look, I'm going to start playing better. Like what role did the veterans play in that in the second half of the year? Man, when you got guys like that in the room, guys who are experienced, guys who have been there, man, they push you, man. They know, like, man, they're telling you things to do with the scheme, the defense, man. The coaches trust those guys. Because they've been there. They know what positions to be in. Man, it's just like, man, it's a blessing, really. You know, Bobby and them are smart guys, the players. They're putting everybody in positions. They know where we need to be. So we're putting things in play in the week. So uh, so we know where we need to be. And just like, you know, so you see how those guys, the players those guys are making. That's just from their film study, their knowledge. We sat down every week before the game, before the, the night before the game, and we tell everybody pretty much what we got to do, what's our assignment. It's kind of similar to something we've done at TCU, you know, where the video test, but we did it. That's another thing that added to our success. We'd, tell, we'd come in the night before the game. We'd all sit down. Coach Norton going down the line from each starter. Somebody's going to play the next week. He's, hey, when I call this play, what's your job? What do you have to do here? What do you need to do to help this team be successful? And then, like, just really Bobby, KJ, and those guys on the team, Quandre, a lot of people, man, Jamal, Shaq, guys like that, man. Jay Reed, they demand a lot of you, man. Those guys are winners. They don't like to lose, and I don't like to lose either, man. So it's a competitive nature in there. Nobody wants to lose. It's get right, man. It's, it's really kind of one of those things that you know, man. So we got a lot of powerful guys in there, guys who are winners. So it's, it's just like that, man. They instill it in us from day one. Pete, those guys, everything, man. Hey, we got some talented guys in this room. Let's do something with it. 
Yeah, I know you said you got uh, individual goals that you that you want to uh, get to Pro Bowl, Super Bowl, things like that. Just, how would you assess your 2020 season, just from an individual standpoint? Wasn't good enough. Could have done a lot better. I left a lot of players out there, man. Look, I'm never satisfied, man. I'm never satisfied. That's not my best ball. And if I'm going to be satisfied with that, I need to hang my cleats up. Mm. I got a lot. I can do a lot better. I know I can. 2020 was a good year, a good start off year. I really say that was really my rookie year because my rookie year, I really didn't play much. I was here and there, man. I don't really count that. Next year, it's just, man, it's another year's revamped. I know what to do. I've been here. I know what it takes. I can stop the run. I know I can rush the pass. It's about being consistent, man. Making the plays I'm supposed to make and showing up, man. On third down, rushing the pass and being consistent, getting to the quarterback, helping our team, things like that. And just being all my animal, man. Not just being out there, man. Being explosive, just jumping off the screen, people noticing me. That's what I plan on doing in year three, man. Really just making a statement. I don't want to make excuses for you, but I do think this is an important question because this has affected the entire nation. How did COVID affect you regarding you as a player? And what challenges did you face in that regard? Because A, you didn't you didn't have practice like you normally would have. Talk about that experience. Well, you know, in my rookie year, we didn't get to come in during OTAs or anything like that. So that's the one thing I missed, getting to come in, get the one-on-one time with, uh, with Coach Hurt and getting to work hands with the middles. Coach Hurt is a very smart coach, man. He gets us right and things like that. So he gets us right with our game planning, hand work, D-line work, and really challenges you every day to use your hands, good feet, and work your moves and pass rush and things like that. So not getting to do those things with him in the offseason really is one of the biggest things because, man, he's smart at what he does, and it's like it'll help my, it'll elevate my game. Just getting the, the one-on-one time with everybody in the room, getting a rush with the guys in the room. That's time we're not getting around each other where we can work and we can – fill off each other, bounce ideas off each other, get our, our get-offs right and timing and things. Things that we can knock off right now and be sharp in July, we're missing out on. So that's one thing that I'm missing, just being up there in Seattle, getting more used to the city, getting more used to, you know, knowing my teammates, things like that, us working out together, doing more time, you know. But as far as, like, it was difficult with, like, not finding gyms, not being able to work out places and stuff like that. But I finally eventually found gyms that were low capacity, you know, masks on, things like that. And so I found a way here because, you know, I have a pretty much in Dallas, like, you know, it's pretty good. I was fortunate enough to be able to still do things. And I still went and ran on when they didn't like, when they had fields and stuff closed down, I found something to go run on and things like that. So I tried to stay consistent, man. It was hard for me, but man, I knew what I had to do and I had to stay ready whenever we were going to get called. We didn't know when, but you know, hey, you do what you got to do, man. If you, I wanted to play and like, I know I had something to prove despite what the odds that were given to me. I'm sure a lot of people can say that, you know. Yeah, I realized at a young age that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, but that didn't stop me from watching Sean Taylor, Ed Reed, and all types of talented DBs, wide receivers put on a show and show how elite they were at the position. For you, as a defensive end, were there any players that you grew up watching, whether it be a defensive end or just a defensive player, that might have influenced you growing up and is showcased when you go out there on the field? Honestly, man, growing up, man, you know, from a small town, I played so many different positions. I totally didn't start focusing on D-line heavy until I got to college. Mm. You know, then I just started watching guys, you know, James Harris and DeMarcus Ware. Guys are really in my playing type, man. I really just watched how they won stuff they want. They won with Aaron Donald. You know, he's another one. Man, there's so many other guys, man, that I've watched. I really just can't name them right now. But, fam, just really just if you know passwords and you like watching the family, that's why I got big on it in college. And, like, I really like the bull rush, so I really started working on that. My favorite all the time, yeah, like, let's say when I play Stanford, my going into my junior year, my redshirt junior year, I'd watch a 
tape on James Harris knew they just be on his three step bull rush, man. Okay, so I took it and I started practicing it that week. You know, when you're working, you said when you set up your uh, your rush plan that week, and so I'm talking to him. I'm doing uh, I'm doing things like that. I'm watching on on YouTube. I mean, it wasn't on YouTube. It was on uh, Twitter. And so I'm on Twitter watching the video, man. So I'm just going out to practice and working the move. And hey, man, like, it's on my highlight tape. You got to watch us. I don't know what it was. We wanted to tackle from Stanford. And like, I'm like, I crushed him. And like, uh, so yeah, man, that was one of my favorite things right there, man. And uh, that's really what, what you can really say. My favorite right there, I guess. Not James Harrison. I just like, I like the move. I really like the bull rush, like the stab and things like that. Like, uh, Lil Mac had a few good stabs. A few times I was in college, on some ends, one from uh, the Vikings and another one on the Chiefs. So I was like, man, I really kind of implemented the stab into my game. So you go back and watch the film too. So yeah, I really just had those two moves right there. Anything that had kind of was like off the speed, the power, anything, anything of the moves like that, you know? That's dope. Yeah, I mean, you had a, you had a lot of pressure on you. I thought coming out of uh, college and being a first round pick, on top of the you know being drafted number one, like this was right after they traded Frank, so it's like, all right, cool, replace Frank, and then you know Pete and John made it very clear, like we want you to be the five technique that can you know move inside. Basically, like we we got this guy to be the next you know Michael Bennett. Did did that add anything to the pressure you put on yourself, or that you maybe felt? Uh, others put pressure on you? Man, at first, I was putting more pressure on myself when I needed to. Yeah, people expected a lot of me, and people were going to say stuff about first-round pick, this and that, man. But when I came to, man, I let a lot of that get in my head my rookie year, man. It just really, really brought my confidence down. And then next year, I was just like, man, forget what people think. I don't care. You can say what you want to think, man. I worked to get here. Nothing was giving me. I didn't ask to get drafted in the first round, man. All I did was go to the senior bowl, ball out, get to the combine, do what I needed to do, man. I checked off all the boxes, man. I just simply wanted to play. I think it's my way out, and like I love football. I wanted to get. I just know I wanted to get in. And that was my way in, man. I was fortunate enough and blessed enough to get drafted in the first round. I'm not to prove to anybody that I'm a first round pick. I'm not to prove that I can play in this league and be a good, damn good player, all pro, and play for 10, 15 years plus, man. Control my own destiny. I wasn't. I'm not supposed to be here, fam. If you really look up where Monday is, look at my career at TCU, man. I'm not supposed to be here. And I know that. I don't care what nobody else thinks. They don't know my story. They don't know what I've been through. From on my freshman year to college, man, it's been a roller coaster, fam. I've been pushing me, bro. And, like, man, anybody can say nobody cares. I don't care what they think because I know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, speaking of uh, Mike B., uh, another former Seahawk guy that's been involved with the D-line lately is Cliff Averill. No, friend of the show. Shout out to Cliff. Uh, you know, shout out to Sack 360 man. How, how has working with Cliff maybe helped your game? Man, Cliff is just like, man, working. He's, he's a great hand guy, pass rush. He really knows his stuff. And, you know, he had a hell of a career. So when I got back to Seattle working with Cliff, man, you know, Cliff knows how the Seattle system works. He knows what you need to work on, things like that. So I really enjoy working with Cliff, man. He's always open. He's always willing to help, man, because he loves Seattle and he wants to see them win as well. So Cliff's a good dude to have in your corner, man. I can really say that. Now, are there, now that you're a professional athlete and you're on the level as so many other great athletes in the NFL – are there players, or is there a player that you got to watch no matter what's going on? It could be right before your game. You're like, I got to tune in and see what this dude going to do because he might go crazy. Is there anyone out there? Man, we all know. I'm, I'm a big fan of Khalil Mack mm. and Donald. There's always dudes like that. You know, Jason Pierre-Paul was one to watch this year. Uh, Bud Dupree is always a good one. Man, there's so many passers out there. You know, <laughs> no, you're good. <laughs> You know who was another one who was really fun to watch this year? T.J. White's fun to watch. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Hey, he gets after the ball, man. The Steelers had a, a really fun defense to watch. 
Um, my guy Jerry Hughes is fun to watch. I always got to shout out to the TCU guys. It was, it was really fun. DeForest Buckner, you know what I'm saying? I, I really you just watch Passwords film. Hey, man, just there's a lot of – hey, man, Frank Clark was always fun to watch. And all the family fights got in the league. Now, I'll say that now. He's fun to watch. And I was a Chris Jones, the chief <laughs> animal, dude. Like, animal. Uh, whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Man, really, uh, what is it? Uh, Joey Bosa? Oof. Animal, man. Melvin Ingram, man. You can't, man, fam, you can't. The list goes on of freaks in the league, man. There's too many to count from at D-line, man. Because every team got to leave. I can't leave out Vaughn Miller, man. I know he ain't played in a while. But wherever he goes, if he stays in Denver, wherever he's here, man, the dude's going to be, he's an animal, man. And he's going to, I think like he's going to remind a lot of people who he is. So that's uh, it. I'm a fan of his game as well. You mentioned Darren Donald. Have you had a chance to chat with him or get any advice from him in passing? I, I actually haven't, man. Like I'm like me and Michael Brock are the same age. I know Brock pretty well. You know, I'm even a fangirl. Like, hey, man, can you meet me up with AD? Like, nah, Absolutely, man, it ain't even like that, man. If I ever like happen to get a chance to be in the same place and I get to the same, or he's somewhere working out and I get to have a chance to be there and work out with him for sure, I'm like, man, get some knowledge from AD. That's Aaron Donald, man. He's a Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm gonna go over and ask him some tips on my game. I'm no, I'm no, he, I know he would be more than willing to help me on my game. So. For sure, if I ever get the chance, man, I'm definitely gonna take it. LJ, I want you to take us back to Monday real fast and tell us tell us about. I'm, I'm gonna mess up her name. I'm pressure. Christelle, how do you say her last name? Crystal. Crystal. Crystal Shayan. Yeah. Tell me about how important she was to your life. Uh, she still is. My, you know, she's like a mom to me. That's my dog. She's family. Her and her family were real cool. I mean, she, she's always there for me. She's my person. You know, really. Uh, we talk every day. Well, not every day, but every other day. We talk on the phone while, like, if we don't talk every day, we talk, we'll get on the phone, we talk for hours. I talk to her kids, I talk to her husband, man. She's really just family. People like Miss Shahan don't come around very often. People see everything she does for me, and it's not like she just does it for me. She does it for the whole town of Monday, like those kids and stuff like that. Everybody knows her, man. Like, people like her don't come around every, every so often. And I could go on and go on about things to say about her. But, man, yeah, she's an amazing person. I'm glad I was blessed to have her in my life. She helped me through 
some of the darkest times in college and things like that. And she, she really is a good person. She came to my games in college and I wasn't going to sniff the field. <laughs> and uh, she's a good piece of man. I love her. I love her to death. I was just say she's maybe a good example of just like, you know, how, how a small town, like people there can like really, you know, help you get to where you're at. I mean, not everybody's like her, but she's one like, man, I'm, my town, the town of Monday is lucky to have her. They really are. She don't judge you for who you are, how you get down, or what family you come from, or if she knows your people. She just knows that, man, you're a good kid. She's going to treat you right, no matter your circumstances. She does a lot for that town. Like, when I do my uh, my Christmas stuff in the, in, the, in, the, in December, she's the one that helps me out, like, with the family, the family. You know, not all of them. Like, they have an industry program that, you know, people come in, sign names up for people that, you know, may not have as much fortune. And she knows the kids at times, but she works up at the school. It's a good one like that. I mean, she has a good heart. Now, I, you've talked about it a little bit uh, here with us, but I want I want the people to have this real clear, man. What does what does LJ Collier want to prove in 2021 and beyond on that field? I'm a force to be reckoned with, man. I don't care what nobody got to say. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to eat, man. Straight, intense, all game, man. Nothing, all gas, no breaks, man. It's going to be a fun year to watch, man. Last year, hesitant, you know, I kind of showed it here and then, nah, man. I'm stepping on dogs. On people's folks this year, man. It's gonna be mm. fun, man. I'm really excited. Was there, um, was there, was there, but beyond maybe the Cam Newton play, were there other plays there where you were like, you know, I've, I can do this. I can play in this league. You know, from this last season. I feel like I had to play against Washington when I was out at end, and you know, I'd come off the edge, get stab club, came around, got the sack. I feel like that was another good play where I made where I was like, hey. I had a few good rushes where it was Monday Night Football against the Cardinals. I feel like I had a damn good game. Like, I had a sack, plus I had some damn good pressures. Like, I was around the quarterback all year. If you really go, go look at my pressures, man, it's just about finishing, man. There's a lot of plays. Like, I feel like I had some good run stops against the Cowboys. Like, man, the, the plays go on and on there, man. Like, I can just remember from this past year, like, setting the edge of my team. I did my job, but as far as, like, making plays, getting off, shedding blocks, things like that, that's what I'm trying to take it in my next game, shedding off blocks, making plays in the backfield, things like that, that matter. You know, taking my run, stopping to the next level and becoming an elite pass rusher, a consistent pass rusher. What's what's the ceiling, man? Not even just in 2021, just in your career, do you think? Is it is it, you know, being mentioned with all the guys you just said earlier, Khalil's and Vaughn's and TJ's, like those are some of the best, if not the best edge guys in the league. Do you think your ceiling is at some point being mentioned with those guys? I do believe so. I think I can be. I think I can get there. It's just gonna like I do believe I can do. I can do that. It's gonna take a lot of work because those guys are man. They work hard. I believe in a few years or so, my name will be talked about like that. You know, specific. Uh, one of the things, dang, I, I said he wasn't gonna talk about Russ. I, I got to sneak one in there, but not necessarily about how he feels, trades, whatever. You know, he was very upset. You know, watching the Super Bowl in a suit, he was like, "Yo, why? Why aren't we in this game? You know, why am I not?" you know, out here, you know, for you, uh, was it, was it a similar feeling watching any of the playoff games? I mean, not just the Super Bowl of like, man, we should be here right now. Man, of course, man. There was one point this year where I thought we were going to be in the Super Bowl. Like I wholeheartedly tell my family, like, get ready to go there. I thought like we were going to be there. I thought like we had that good of a team. We had that team. We just had like a few st- bumps on the road. They really just hindered us. So I know why he felt that way. Cause I feel like a lot of us were feeling that way, you know, that we should have been there, but we weren't, but, that's all going to go in the show next year. I don't know what the future holds, but, like, I'm not going to really speak on that. Like, hey, we're going to make our run for it next year. What's going to be the key? What do the Seattle Seahawks in 2021 need to do to be in the Super Bowl next year? 
consistency, man. You know, playing good defense, playing good offense, man. And I can't listen to the outside noise, man. And I feel like we got that. We've learned our lessons last two years. We've gotten closer and closer. And just, I feel like this year's going to be the year we really just put it together. And especially with all the outside noise, people thinking that. And uh, I feel like we're going to surprise a lot. Do you have a sack number in mind that you want to go after? Or you're just ready to go out there and show everybody, hey, I'm a force to be reckoned with, as you said previously? Man, I'm really just going to go out there and prove my play. And I really have nothing further to say on the matter. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to prove my play. There it is. People can talk all day, man. I'm really about action. It's about what you really do. You can go out and talk, but it's about action. Familiar with, we're familiar with that. I know LJ don't want to put a number, Chris. So I'm gonna just do it for him. I'm I'm gonna go double digits. We'll say there. We'll say let's start with double digits there. I don't no matter where that'd be a. Has anybody got double digits since Frank? No, no, no. 2018. Jamal did, Adams. Did he get double digits? <laughs> yeah. Did he? <laughs> did he get? I think he got nine and a half he or would. ten and a half. Yo, actually, I will ask this last thing. I was like, do you? I know it's your teammate. You're never gonna be upset your teammate balls, but like in the D line room, like. Do y'all is it a competition? Like a safety is getting all these sacks. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you do you do you guys need to get more than him? You know, like do you guys feel away when the DB's eating up all the sacks? Like, how does that go when you guys watching film on Monday with Coach Hurt? Man, of course you feel some type of way when a DB's leading the team in sacks. But hey, man, I'm always happy to see Jamal. He, he had a historical year this year, man. It's really just on us. Hey, man, make the play you're supposed to make. And the DB won't be leading the league in that. So yeah, of course you feel some type of way. But hey, we winning games, things like that. So, no, I ain't, I'd never hate on my teammate, man. It's just, hey, man, play harder and ball. You know, I don't think he's going to lead the team to sack next year. There you I'm go. sure no, he's not. There you go. That's, I, you know, that's, I wanted to write the way to word that. Cause I know you guys are happy for each other, but, yeah, you got to feel away. Like, <laughs> yo, man, how Jamal got nine and a half? You know, like, he's getting all these – well, that's the thing, LJ. I'd be trying to remind people. Jamal, he's a great pass rusher. He's getting a lot of free rushes, too. Like, you guys are shedding left tackles. You know, it's a lot different. You got to go around, you know, a Trent Williams versus you going through – you know, uh, a, a running back, you know what I mean? Hey, man, he's always in the right place, man. Jamal flies around the field. He gets 110% effort, man. So he has the type of year he has because, man, if you just watch him play his play shit, it pops off the screen, man. So, hey, like I said, man, Jamal's a baller, dog. I wasn't just some not – any, not anybody could do that. That's something just uh, – that's in his game, things like that. So, like I said, hats off to Jamal, man. He had a hell of a year, man. You know, not all DBs can do that, man. So that's why he is who he is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think any other DB. I think – who, Chris, we think another DB could get nine and a half. Well, Buddha, Buddha May, could probably do it. but he's not – I don't know if he's as physical as Jamal. Yeah, no. That's, that's the difference. That's the tough <laughs> Jamal yeah, be no, running people over. <laughs> yes, and he was doing it with broken fingers on, and all man. that. Yeah, that's man, a whole, no, that's, he's a weapon. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. He's going to get the bag this year. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Seahawks Man to Man podcast. Shout out to our guest, LJ Collier. First time on the show. We got to get him back on again after he has double digit sacks next year. I'm speaking it into existence. Um, LJ, man, it. we appreciate you uh, joining us. We want you to stay safe out there in Texas. Please, please wear your mask, man. And hope your family is straight too, man. Thank you so much for joining us on the program, brother. No, I appreciate y'all. Thank you. Mike and Chris. I appreciate you guys, man. Not a problem, brother. Man, Stay thank up. Thank you. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you to LJ. We'll catch y'all next week. We're out. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. 
That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.